0: welcome 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 back everyone to another episode here on the pace place podcast for motivational slash mindful mondays and so today is gonna be the final episode of the importance and the power of jesus's word part four the good ground And so I'm super excited to get into the lesson for today. But before we do that, of course, I want to thank all of my listeners for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast each and every week for the things that God has continued to place on my heart to just be able to study and to get fresh revelation from the word of God. And so I'm super excited to give you guys what I've got and what I've studied about the good ground. I really, really recommend you guys, I cannot say this enough to go back, listen to parts one through three so that you guys can get the gist of where I'm going as I get into part four today. And I'm going to be talking about the good ground of God and how We are called to be the good ground. And so I'm going to jump right into it. Luke chapter eight, verse 15. And it says, but that on the good ground are they which in honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep
1: it and bring forth fruit with patience. I absolutely love
0: this, okay? This is absolutely amazing. And I specifically love this just because of what it is saying. The good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. And so I kind of want to go over just a tad bit about the other grounds that we've talked about and just how we're leading up to this part. And I love the fact that Jesus, he finishes unpacking the meaning of the parable with the good grounds. And so a farmer goes out to sow his seed on his land. And the seed is, of course, the metaphor for the word of God, which I've already discussed in parts one and I believe in part two. So I highly recommend you guys, again, go back and listen to those episodes so that you can understand what this synopsis is going to be about because I'm not going to go into full detail but I do want to kind of go over it again. So the metaphor for the seed is the word of God. And some of it lands on the hard path where the birds eat it, just as Satan's influence can keep hard hearts hard from accepting the truth of God. And so, of course, the birds come eat it up. And then we have some of the seed that lands on bedrock, which is covered by a thin layer of soil and it burns up in the hot sun. This is just as people with a shallow understanding of God's word, God's will for their lives, not being able to withstand persecution or temptation. And then we have some of the seed that lands on the soil that has the thorns or the thorn bushes from what I studied and what I got from that. It's basically thorn bushes and how the young plants are basically choked out and the word is basically being choked out of us just as we are easily distracted by the hardships and the pleasures of life, instead of really meditating on God's word. The good ground soil actually represents those who receive the word and it brought forth fruit in our soul. And not just any fruit, but fruit in a generous proportion. If we go back and look at Luke chapter eight and verse eight, it actually says, and others fell on good ground and sprang up and bore fruit a hundredfold. So not only does the good ground bearers bear fruit, but they bear fruit in a generous proportion and they also bear fruit with patience. And that's exactly what I love to see, because with that, we know that in order to bring forth a harvest of any kind, it takes time. It takes preparation. It takes for God to do the work to sow his word in our hearts. But we also have work to do we must hold it. Okay. We must hold that word. We must endure in that word. We must continue to persevere in that word. When the pitfalls and the distractions come, because there will be many, okay, there will be many, many distractions. All a lot of things that distract us usually are things that the enemy wants to put in front of us to deter us from the true will that God has over our lives. So when those distractions come, I love the fact that the path to spiritual growth, how Jesus makes it simple in this parable. Jesus concluded the parable by clearly articulating the way, which is plain, it's evident, and it's also trustworthy. To be the good ground, to hear the word, and having heard the word, we keep the word. It's trustworthy. We can trust in the word of God. We can apply the word of God. We can do so many things and so much with the word of God. But now as Christians, right, in this Christian circle, sometimes we are happy to accumulate information about God, but we don't know what to do with what we've learned. So, we just become the wayside ground or the stony ground or the thorny ground, because we don't know what to do with the Word. We need to recover that practice of meditating on God's word. The practice of meditation and and pondering on God's word is very easy, but first, we have to know the truth. So then what does that mean that we have to then read the word of God Intending tending with the reading, we have to be intentional with retaining it. We have to set aside time to return to the scriptures that we have learned and ponder on them, meditate on it. We have to think about it from every possible Angle And each time we do this, it grows. The word of God is a living word. And when given the opportunity, it will bear much fruit within us. The practice of meditating on the word, on the scripture is a discipline and it takes time. This is why the word tells us with patience. It takes time, it takes energy, and it takes focus to bear the fruit of righteousness. We must learn this practice. But once we do, the fruit of righteousness will certainly grow. We will certainly produce much fruit. The word clearly says, but that On the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Patience is a fruit of the spirit, which means we are cultivating the fruit of righteousness when we strive toward being the good ground. So Bible memorization is the first step. And that's how we get to that point of being the good ground. And I absolutely love this because when I when I really study each soil, I really benefited from seeing myself or seeing bits of myself in each of the soils. It really, really ministered to me first before I was able to even put anything out onto my podcast, because when I really looked at the information that I was receiving, I really understood what I was reading, what I was studying. It hit me from all points where I was able to realize or recognize myself in each soil. And that's the place where we have to find ourselves. We have to be able to see ourselves in each soil because we're not perfect. We are called to perfection, but we are not perfect. And in that striving to be perfect, we will be the stony ground. We will sometimes be the wayside ground. We will sometimes be the thorny ground, but it's okay. Because we have to keep persevering we have to keep pushing we have to keep enduring so in the like the wayside ground sometimes we allow the word no room in our lives when we're going through certain circumstances and situations where we just can't see an end to this we can't see a way out of this thing or like the stony ground. When we sometimes have flashes of enthusiasm in receiving the word, but then it quickly burns out. Like when somebody preaches a word and we hear a word and we're like, oh, that was so good. We clap our hands and stomp our feet and, and, and say, yes, 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 you know, amen, amen, Being in the amen corner. Like all of that is good and all of that is fine. But then that enthusiasm quickly burns out. We don't apply that word. We just hear it, clap, clap, clap. Oh, that was so good. Amen. And that's as far as it goes. Or like the thorny ground where the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches are constantly threatening to choke God's word out of our life. And I'm not gonna kid y'all. I was, look, I was the thorny ground like last month. Okay. (laughs) Because when we get in that place where we're so worried about money, how we're going to pay bills, you know, I make more money. I got more bills than I got money. Right. Like we've all been there, but we all have to really benefit and actually receive the conviction of the Holy Spirit and allow that conviction to then transform us. Because once we feel that conviction in our hearts and we know that, okay, it's something in me that is, God is trying to basically get my attention. And I need to pay attention to what is convicting me. Like, why am I feeling this conviction in my heart? What is the thing that I need to hold myself accountable in, in order to elevate, in order to keep pushing, in order to keep moving, in order to keep striving toward the good ground? And the good ground people understands and follows Jesus's teaching about loving God and others and ultimately exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. Okay. And y'all know, okay. I love the fruit of the spirit. Okay. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's like patience. Okay. It says, and bring forth fruit with. Patience. So in being the good ground, we are working out, literally working out the fruit of the spirits in our reality. Knowing that patience is one of the fruit of the spirit and knowing that in order to bring forth good fruit, bring forth an abundance of fruit, it takes time. It takes Time. We're not going to be an overnight success. It's not going to happen in a flick of the wrist or a snap of the finger or a tap of your feet. Like it just doesn't work that way. And that's the work that we have to do that is in us when it comes to tilling the ground because we are the ground. We have to start really analyzing ourselves, asking the Holy Spirit to step in into the situation and to reveal the things that is not of God, that is not like God to continue to tailor make us, to purge those things that are in us that does not need to be there so that we can be refined so that when we come out of the fire onto the other side, we can shine bright. We can let our lights shine. We can go forth shining the light of Christ in our lives. And I absolutely love that. And it's not saying that we are going to be perfect, but what it's saying is that within that becoming the good ground, in that working out our salvation, right? In that working in the fruit of the Spirit to continue to push and continue to go through, we know who. Is the one who is doing the work within us. We know that it's nothing of our own will, but it's the will of God that He's working out in us. And we have to be intentional with allowing the Holy Spirit to do its work, intentional with being obedient to the Spirit, intentional with staying in in a posture of prayer, in a posture of learning, in a posture of service when it comes to being the good ground. Because it takes time. It takes patience. It takes us to abide in God. I love the fact here in... The accounts of Matthew and Mark, how they repeat that the fruit produced is thirty to a hundred times more than what was sown. So they they kind of give you a range, like thirty to a fold. But here in the presentation of the parable of the sower in Luke. Luke's message is much simpler. He's saying how we listen to God's word will directly determine the fruit that we bear in our lives and the impact that we will have
1: for the kingdom of God.
0: Hard hearts, spiritual warfare, persecution, earthly concerns, all of these things will put us away from the deepening of our faith. Growing more sanctified and showing the world the love of Christ is a part of being the good ground. Everything else is the other three soils that we don't want to be in. Yeah, we may find ourselves in there. Yeah, we may find bits and pieces of our character or our personality in these things and we can correct them. But to find ourselves submerged in the wayside ground or submerged in the stony ground or the thorny ground is a problem. It needs to be checked under the authority of God to allow him to continue to do his work. To allow him to continue to tailor make us to use his Holy Spirit that is within us. It is God. God will work to sow his word in our hearts.
1: It is God. And we have to remember that. We have to understand that God's kingdom will grow despite whatever hardships we face as his followers. The good soil. We are called to be the good soil.
0: We are called to be those who hear the word and by whom it is absorbed, by whom it is preserved, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. And it's so interesting that the Lord calls the heart of those who preserve the word in the heart. He calls that heart an honest and good heart. Like, I I just absolutely love that. That is absolutely amazing that the heart is convinced the person, okay, that has an honest and good heart that is hearing the word that keeps the word in our hearts, right? That heart is convinced of whom the Lord is and of the truth of the Lord's word. That's why that person that is the good ground is capable of absorbing and capable of preserving the word of God after hearing the word inside of the heart, because that person understands who the Lord is and the truth of his word. And I just, it just, it, it, It just does something to me every single time because it's absolutely amazing. And that's where it comes. That's what, how it comes. That's where it comes in with the knowing, with being convinced without a shadow of a doubt of who the Lord is in our lives, to know that the word that we hear, the word that we read, it is truth. It is the word of God. It is the seed being nurtured by the good soil that is within us. It's about having a life connection between our heart and the Lord.
1: And the Lord. And it it just always makes me think about David and how David was a man after God's own heart.
0: We have to cultivate that relationship to really cultivate the things of the Lord and what he has in store for us. To allow our hearts to long the things that God desires for our lives. To conform our will to his will. In the parable, I love that the Lord speaks of producing a crop a hundred times as great. If we go back to verse eight, a hundred
1: times as great.
0: So not only are we producing fruit for ourselves, right? For our own bodies to be nourished, but to also then allow other people to be nourished, to then spread that fruit, give that fruit to somebody else. One thing about fruit that is common is that they all
1: bear a seed. All fruit
0: bear a seed. So you can have the seed planted in you, be the good ground, sprout up, bring forth fruit in abundance, and then you can give that fruit to somebody else and they can take that seed. They can eat up your fruit, right? Take the seed, plant it in their good
1: ground, and then bring forth fruit in abundance.
0: Do you see how that works? Do you see how amazing the word of God is? It is absolutely amazing. Okay. We need to get into it because baby, I just, I love it. Like I love it. It is about the word of God here nothing else. The word being pushed forward, the word being cast forward, the word being preached for, taught forward, whatever it is, it's about the word. Then it is only for or against.
1: Now, whether or not you want to be for the word or against the word, it's up to you.
0: But I advise you to be for the word. That's what I, I advise. <laughs> I advise you to be the good ground, not the wayside ground, not the stony ground, not the thorny ground, but the good ground. Wherever the word is received in an honest or excellent or convinced heart, there will be and remain. Fruit, because the fruit corresponds to the seed. So wherever the word of God is and wherever the word of God is being received with a good heart, with a pure heart, with an excellent mindset of receiving the word and retaining the word, then there will remain
1: fruit. There will be fruit. The fruit that is
0: born with perseverance is the love for God. It is the love for the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those who hear and keep the word will persevere. For the motivation for the actions of those people are Christ. And that's what it's about to be the good ground our motivation behind our actions behind our the things that we say behind our whole intent of life of being is Christ
1: It is for us to be like Christ
0: If there are difficulties, if there is stumbling blocks or temptations, if there is disappointments, even if it comes from other believers, we still have to continue because we look to Christ. We look to Jesus, not to man. We still have to allow our light to shine. Jesus clearly tells us, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We get to choose how we
1: hear God's word. Isn't that awesome?
0: We get to choose to harden our hearts, right? We get to choose to submit ourselves to Satan's lies. We get to choose to keep our faith shallow. We get to choose to focus on the world more than God's will for us. Just like we get to choose to be the good soil that patiently meditates on God's word and allows the Holy Spirit to produce fruit within us, through us, for
1: us, for people. I absolutely love that. When we really think
0: about how this this whole chapter, it just introduces to us the different ways in which people respond to the gospel, the good news, different ways on which people respond.
1: How awesome is that? The sower,
0: Jesus. Who comes and spreads the seed of the gospel, which is the word of God. The people, us, accept or reject the message in various levels and degrees. And then we have following this real life examples
1: of faith.
0: Real life examples of faith. We all come into at some point a real
1: life faith moment.
0: And in that faith moment, are we going to bust the faith moves and be the good soil and stand firm on the word of God?
1: Or are we going to fold? In that time of temptation. And not bring any fruit to maturity. Are we going to be the people who hear the word and shrink back?
0: Or are we going to be the people who hear the word, observe the word, keep the word in our hearts. To bring forth the fruit that is predestined over our lives
1: since the beginning of time. I don't know about y'all. But I'm. I want to be the good ground. I'm gonna keep per-
0: persevering. I'm gonna keep pushing. I am gonna keep going because I know who I have. I know the truth. I know that the word of God would never return to
1: Him void. I know this
0: because I've had a real life faith moment, multiple. Actually, (laughs) so I just encourage you guys continue to push, continue to go, continue to work out the fruit of the spirit within you. Continue to work out patience, to work out gentleness, self control, love, joy, peace, kindness
1: goodness, and faithfulness. It's worth it. It's worth living a life in God's will than living a life for self-will. I'm telling you, it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it.
0: And I just love the way how even in this chapter, after Jesus presents the parable of the sower, he goes straight into the parable of the lamp under a jar. He points out that he spreads God's word because he wants people to hear it. In response, we need to listen carefully. If we don't, if we choose not to, we will continue to fail. If we choose to listen, to carefully hear the word, to keep the word, then we will continue to grow.
1: We don't want to be the people with little
0: understanding. And then the little understanding that we do have is taken away because we are rejecting the word of God. I don't want to be that person. I know you guys don't want to be that person. So then we have to really ask ourselves the real questions. What kind of ground
1: am I? What kind of ground am I? What can I do to become the good ground? Is my seed corrupted? Is my ground wayside ground? Stony ground? Thorny ground? Do I need a new seed? Like, what is it? And really be honest.
0: What kind of soil am I? How can I prepare my heart and my mind to be the kind of soil that I need to be, that God has called me to be, that God is expecting me to be? This parable, I love it
1: because it invites us to action
0: so that we can receive the benefit of the word of God. It requires us to really ponder, to think on those things of
1: each ground. How Jesus points out that he spreads the word of God because he wants people to hear it. He
0: wants people to hear it. And in the hearing, are we hearing with an honest and good heart? Are we hearing
1: to have the word, to keep it, to nurture it, to meditate on it? What are we doing when we're keeping the word? Are we allowing
0: the triune God in our lives to be our strength? Like, seriously, are we? Because one thing that I know for certain, okay, is that God is faithful and he is strong. And Jesus tells us to cast our burdens on to him and he says this not just for any old reason but for the reason because we don't have to carry these burdens we don't have to worry about
1: these things one thing about a triangle right
0: triangles are actually the strongest shape there is so any weight that is placed on a triangle is evenly distributed on all three sides. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm gonna give you guys a little geometry lesson right now. Triangles actually represent geometric sturdiness. So no matter how much weight you put on any side, it will not fold. It will not break. So if we have a triune God, the Holy Trinity, three in one, one, two, three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we put our burdens on him, he ain't going to fold. He's not going to break. So cast it onto the Lord today. Give him whatever it is that you are holding on to, whatever it is that is holding you back, whatever worries you are thinking about. Anything that is in your ground that is not of God, cast it on to the Lord because he can handle it. He's strong. He's mighty. He's sturdy. He is the triune God.
1: He is the I am that I am. We're not capable
0: because we're of sin. We're not capable of trying to carry our own burdens. All that leads us is
1: in a path of failure.
0: In the path of us feeling like, child, I just can't get it right. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I keep ending up here. I feel like I keep going in circles. I feel like my seed just can't never take root. Every time I hear the word, it sounds good. I clap my hands. But as soon as a temptation comes around, it seems like every time I'm walking with God, every time I feel like I want to be faithful, something comes up to snatch. Something comes up to choke.
1: Something comes up to take the
0: little bit of faith that we do have out of our hearts. What burden is coming up in your life today that is snatching the little bit of faith that you do have? That is snatching the word of God out of your heart?
1: Cast it on the Lord today and I tell you. The word of God will never return back to him void. Not now, not ever. Just try him today. Continue to push toward being the good ground. Continue to keep persevering. Even when it don't make sense. Even when it's hard. Let your light shine. Don't allow no man to put your light under a bushel, under the bed, or try to hide what you have inside of you. Continue to do
0: the will of God. Continue to walk in the will of God and continue to ask the Holy Spirit to continue to lead you and guide you as you walk with God and as you keep pushing toward that good ground. We all are called to it and we all can do it. It takes time. It takes patience. But patience will have its good work in us. And when it
1: does, we will bear much fruit in abundance.
0: And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out of here. And I'll see you guys here next week for another episode of the Pace Place Podcast. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for another opportunity that we have to come before you, Lord God, to read your word, to discern your word, Lord God, to understand your word, Father God. We just thank you, Lord God, for our lives. We thank you that we are alive and we are well, Lord God, that you have given us another opportunity to be here in the land of the living, Lord God. We continue to thank you. We continue to praise you for that alone, Lord God. We just love you, Lord. We thank you because of who you are in our lives, Father God. We thank you, Father God, because you are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God. And we just continue to thank you and bless your most precious and holy name, Father God. As we go forth in this world today, Lord God, as we continue to push through, persevere, Lord God, to continue to walk in the ways of you, Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit continue to lead and guide us, Father God. Continue to lead us into the good ground that you have called each and every last single one of your believers to be, Lord God. You have called us to perfection, Lord God. And even though we are not perfect, Lord God, we continue to strive toward and press toward the mark of the higher calling, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father God. We thank and praise you for your only begotten son that you have given so that the redemption process can be in full effect, Lord God, in our lives daily, Lord God. We thank you for the fact that we can crucify our flesh daily, Lord God, that we can continue to walk with you daily, Lord God, that we can continue to call upon your name, Lord God. We continue to thank you and praise you, Lord God, because you saw it fit for us to be ordained for a time as this, Father God to continue to be the people who you have called us to be, Lord God, to speak the things that you have called us to speak, Father God. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And we ask you, Father God, that even when it don't make sense for us, Lord God, or even when things seems like everything is coming up or every temptation is coming out of the woodworks, Lord God, you are our all in all you are what we stand for you are who we stand for Lord God and you know that we know Lord God in our minds and our hearts Lord God we want to keep your word there Lord God we want to know your truth Lord God We just continue to thank you and praise you, Lord God, as you continue to elevate our minds, Lord God, even in the way that we are thinking, Lord God. Take charge of our thoughts, Lord God. We bring every negative thought into captivity of you, Lord God. We thank you for the renewing process, Lord God, the transformation process that has to take place when we come into the knowledge of who you are in our lives, Father God. We continue to just thank you and we continue to praise you, Lord God. And so as we go forth on this day, Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit continues to lead and guide us. Your Holy Spirit leads us into all truths, Lord God. And your Holy Spirit just allow us, Lord God, to continue to work and press toward who you have called us to be. Continue to tailor make us, Lord God, and allow us to know and stand firm in the fact that even though we are not perfect beings, you still see us in your righteousness, Lord God. Because of who we accept in our hearts and believe in our minds, Lord God, which is our Lord and our Savior and your only begotten Son. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray
1: this prayer. Amen and amen.
0: Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast. I am your host, Latrell Pace, and I will catch you all later. You guys go out, have a beautiful day, and be awesome people. And remember, God loves you, and God be with you all. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here on the Pace Place podcast for season three. Oh my goodness, it's already a new season, it's already a new year. Like, where is the time going? Oh my goodness! But welcome back. I am so happy that you guys are still rocking with me. Welcome to all my new people. Welcome into the space. It's comfortable in here. Get comfortable. Kick your feet up. Get some water, some juice, or whatever you drink, y'all. And let's get into this word because it is absolutely amazing. It is absolutely awesome. And I'm just so glad that you guys are here. You're still walking with me, and you're still listening. Okay. Oh my goodness, welcome back. And I just want to say thank you all to who is consistently listening to my podcast, who is consistently supporting me. I just continue to thank you and I praise God for you. And I just hope that God is continuing to bless you all. I'm I'm just praying that God is continuing to show his face in your guys' life and just continue to build you all up and and show you that he's mighty and, and allow you to walk in obedience to his spirit and what he is calling all of you guys to to do i am super super grateful and i continue to speak blessings over your lives and so i am back season three it is absolutely amazing and so i want to just go ahead and jump right into it because it's gonna be a good one Interesting, right? I have not forgot about my hand clap. I love that sound effect. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you again, once again, for tuning in to new season here on the Pace Place podcast. Let's jump right into it. So today we're gonna be in a couple of different scriptures. Not a couple, a few, you know, (laughs) more than three. So I am super, super grateful because I wanna focus on a word um, not so much a scripture. Okay. And so what is interesting is the word content. And so what I really got from this is that basically God was telling me like, you shall be content. And I was like, you know, God, I thought I already was content. And He was like, eh, let's, let's really work on that. Let's, let's kind of hone that. Let's kind of, let's kind of review that right there. And so that's just what I've been doing. And when I really started studying scripture, understanding, like, what does the lord say about contentment like what is it that is content when it comes to the the lord to the word of the lord and so i really wanted to focus on that and so Um, I'm going to be coming out of New Testament scripture. Um, I am going to jump back and forth between New Testament, Old Testament, just to kind of give us an understanding of the definition when it comes to the word content. And so you guys kind of bear with me because I'm going to be, you know, all over with, with the scriptures today. (laughs) So let's start here. In the New Testament, there are three different ways that the word content is used. And so it's interesting because the first one is in Mark chapter 15, verse 15. And I actually want to go there and read it so that we can kind of get an an idea of what each person in their rendition is saying when it comes to the word content. So Mark 15, 15 is the first one. And it says, and so Pilate willing to content the people released Barabbas unto them, and delivered Jesus, when he had scourged him to be crucified. And so we can see here that word content, okay? What does it say? And so Pilate willing to content the people. That first word content, it actually means competent, being capable, Okay, and I found that to be so interesting at the fact that he wanted to content the people. So he, pilot understood that the people were upset. Okay, this is where, you know, the chief priest child, they done brought Jesus in front of Pilate. Oh, he didn't commit a sin. Okay, he is over here blaspheming God and all of the accusations that they, you know, brought before Pilate about him saying that he says he's the son of God. But the thing about it is that Pilate was able to be competent in his mind, being capable and aware and understanding that he did not want the people to turn on him. And so he gave them what they wanted. Okay. And so now I'm going to go into the second word content, right? And it's found in Luke chapter three, verse 14. And so I'm going to read this one. And it says, and the soldiers likewise demanded him saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, do violence to no man neither accuse any falsely and be content with your wages this is john the baptist talking with the soldiers at the jordan river he's there he's baptizing people he's telling people hey the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent okay and be saved um he's trying to get people to convert and and understand that they are sinners and they need to repent to save their souls because the kingdom of heaven is at hand Right. And so he's telling them, be content with your wages. Now, this word content is where it gets interesting, because the word actually means to expiate sin. And when I looked at that word expiate, it actually means to atone for sin. And we know we all know who can atone for our sin. And now I want to get into that third content. And it's only in um, the book of Philippians. So Philippians chapter four, verse 11, and it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content now this is paul talking to the church of philippi he's telling them he has learned to be content he has learned to abase and abound in all situations and all circumstances because he knows that he can do all things through christ who strengthens him okay because of the Lord is how he's able to be content. It's how he's able to have even learned how to be content in the Lord. And so this is actually very interesting of the definition because the definition of the third content right here in Philippians, it says, the idea of a baffling wind to breathe unconsciously, that is respire by analogy to blow air. And I was like, okay, all of these definitions are so interesting, but what really popped out to me was that the last two contents it actually referenced the Old Testament Hebrew definition to get a better understanding of what the word actually means. And it really stuck out to me because once when when you guys understand that when we are reading and studying in the Esword, the references that I give you guys in season two about how I study Esword, right? When we are reading and studying in here, we have to understand that when we're in Greek, it's going to give us Greek definitions. It barely, rarely, rarely give us anything outside of that realm. And the same thing for vice versa. If we're in Hebrew and we're studying on the Hebrew context and definition, it's rarely going to give us anything from the Greek text. And so... I found this to be very interesting that it actually had the Hebrew definition there. And so I'm going to go into it so you guys can better understand because I felt like it was so important and so imperative for us to understand that and when things pop out to us in scripture, we need to look into it. When we're reading and studying and having these, these definitions and we're looking up these words and things are popping out to us, we need to look further into it. And so I'm gonna go into the Hebrew definition of the word content. It actually means to continue to grab hold. So the leader of a family, a tribe or people as one who carries the burdens of the people, a place of safety, a refuge, the family standard as to the place of refuge that one flees to, to run to the standard for safety. Also, a fleeing to any safe place such as a city or a mountain. And what I really got from this, one, Jesus is the one who we can be content it is through christ it is through what he has done for us it is through walking through the door of christ going in and out to find the pastures that we need to find the words the scripture the ideas all of the things that we need to come out and to live in this world and be content with where we are where the lord has us and so i found this to be super amazing so 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 amazing so the same way that we can unconsciously breathe right in and out the same way that we can and we are capable of grabbing hold of christ it's the same way it's the same walk that he has first breathed in us in me and in you Right, that we have the ability to even breathe at all, that we are even capable of walking this earth with breath in our lungs. Right, it's absolutely amazing. Okay, it's He is my safe place, He is the head of my life that carries my burdens. It is Christ. He's the standard in my life, right? And when I think about that, it makes me think about the scripture in Matthew. I don't know where it's at, but where Christ tells us to take off my yoke because my burden is easy. To take off my yoke because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we give our burdens over to Christ and he carries those heavy burdens for us and we take of his burden, which is light, right? The true contentment, it was only possible once I have entered into a place of spiritual competence, right? I am able now to understand that Every moment, regardless of circumstance, is possible of contentment in Christ. I can understand that it doesn't come from outside of me. It doesn't come from what's around me. It doesn't come from any circumstance or situation that I may find myself in, but it comes from Christ that's within me. Because if I look at my circumstances to find contentment, then my contentment standard would be changed changing like the wind because circumstances situations are only for a moment right we don't go through the same thing all day right like it's not all the time that we're gonna be living a good life sometimes things are gonna go wrong and then it's also not all the time where we're gonna be weary and worn down Storms don't last always, right? And so if we base our contentment off of circumstances and situations, what would that really look like for us? It doesn't come from any of that. It comes from within us, from the spirit that resides in me, the Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done for me. He has expiated my sin. He has made the ultimate atonement for my life. And I have to continue to walk in that and be capable and be knowledgeable of what he has done for me. Being able to discern and understand the times that I am in. Because I may find myself in in a trial or tribulation that does not mean that my contentment is lost It does not mean that I can't find peace even in the storm. I am still capable of grabbing hold of what already belongs to me. Contentment is mine. I am already victorious, says the Lord. He has already made the victory. He's already won it. It is already his. And so if I am in him and he in me, then me too is victorious. And that is just simply how it is. And I and I love the way that Paul even puts it in Philippians chapter four, verse 11. He says that I have learned. He learned. It's a learned behavior. So if it's a learned behavior to be content, then that means that I can learn it too. That means that whatever state in that I may find myself in, either in the natural or even in the spirit, I can be content. I can learn too how to to be content. I can learn too how to abase and how to abound. And it is from that place I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's from a place of safety and it's from a place of peace. But first we have to get to that place. And I absolutely love this because the word Christ and in in uh the New Testament, okay, the word Christ, when I click on the definition, it actually means anointed or the anointed one. And so now I want to look up that word anointed because it's giving me so many different ideas when it comes to the word anointed and what I really got, what, what I get from uh, uh, anointed, right, is the anointed one of the Lord. And so it it led me to Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And I, I absolutely love this one because it's Old Testament teachings, right? This is literally Old Testament teaching. Jesus is quoting straight out of the book of Isaiah. And I was just blown away. But what I really want to focus on is that word anointed. Okay. And it's it's interesting because just like I said, Christ actually means anointed. When you click on that word in the Strong's Christ anointed or anointed one. Okay. And so what I got from that, right, it says in verse 18, right here in chapter four of Luke, Anointed, to smear with oil. That is to consecrate to an office of religious service to furnish what is needed. So Christ means anointed and Christ is who we can find our contentment in. And the word anointed means to smear with oil, to supply with what is needed. Ooh! Wow. Doesn't the Lord supply us with what we need? Wasn't he the one that was anointed from head to toe with the, from the woman with the alabaster box of ointment? Wasn't he consecrated for his death and burial is what he said to his disciples? Who, In the fact that he's even here, he's saying that the spirit of the Lord is upon him. Because he has anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent him to heal the broken hearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and to set liberty to those that are bruised. To preach about the acceptable year of the Lord. He has recovered the sight of the blind. He has healed the deaf and the mute. Okay, and I find this to be so amazing because once what we have is supplied to us from the spirit of the Lord. Right. Once we have what is needed, we can find ourselves in a place of contentment in Christ. Once we are made free. Once we have come into the truth and the knowledge and understanding of who Christ is and what he has come to do, that contentment and that peace can hit whole different in our lives. It can hit different and it does hit different, man. I was over there just thinking like, wow, this is absolutely amazing absolutely amazing just the word of god now i want you guys to listen to this because this is old testament teachings that jesus is talking about right here in luke chapter 4 verse 18 so now i want to jump to isaiah 61 verses 1 and 1 and 2 and it says the spirit of the lord is upon me sounds similar right because the lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Isn't it similar? It is really similar, almost verbatim. But what really stuck out to me is the word anointed in the Old Testament right here from the same scripture that Jesus quoted in the New Testament, right? That same word anointed, it actually has the same or a similar definition as the anointed in the New Testament. And it reads, ointment that were made from oils and smeared on injuries for healing. Oil also was smeared on the heads of individuals who were being given the office of a prophet, a priest, or a king as a sign of authority. Wasn't Jesus anointed from head to toe by the woman with the alabaster box? I'm going to ask it again. And it is so amazing at how scripture can go from Old Testament to New Testament. And it fits right together like the lord is amazing (laughs) he's literally amazing his word is amazing and just how everything comes together is absolutely awesome okay and so i want to jump back new testament luke chapter 7 verse 38 and it says and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissing his feet and anointed them with the ointment anointed it's the same word it's the same anointed as luke verse uh 18 chapter 4 right but the only difference in this anointed that it actually means the first or alpha what does jesus tell us he is what he is who the alpha and the omega He is the first and the last. He is the Aleph Tav. It's it's awesome, man. It is awesome. He is the anointed one from God. He is the one who was sent to what? Set the captives free. To bring liberty into this world. To make known the truth of the gospel of the Lord, to give the Holy Spirit, to atone for our sins, to give a new life, for us to be born again, for us to walk in the contentment of no matter what's going on around us, we don't have to focus on those things. We can be tunnel vision on Christ. We can be tunnel vision on the word of God, to walk in love, to talk in love, to act in love to be in love with the Lord. Man, that is absolutely amazing. In this moment, this woman with the alabaster box, I feel like she was sitting in a place of revelation. She knew who Jesus was and what he had come to do for her. She knew, how did she know? I feel like it was revealed to her by the Lord, by the Father, which was in heaven. Because why? What does Jesus say in Mark 14, verse 8? He says, She hath done what she could, she is come a far hand to anoint my body to the burying. She, she was deeply impressed by his feet because they were the feet that was bringing her peace and salvation. Aren't those the same feet that brings us peace and salvation? We can find contentment in the peace of the God of peace who has come to bring peace and and salvation who is the prince of peace it's interesting because in isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings that publishes peace that bringeth good tidings of good that publisheth salvation That saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. How beautiful are the feet of our Lord. The woman, she sat here. She anointed him from head to toe in Bethany. In the house of Simon the leopard, he sat down to eat. And the woman comes up with the box, okay? She breaks the box of this precious, expensive spike nerd, right? She breaks it and she pours it on his head. She weeps at his feet because she's she has this sense of of knowing, of revelation of what he has come to do for us. And it's absolutely amazing. We can find solace in that. Just like the woman found solace in who she knew Christ to be. She knew who he was. She knew what he had come to do. And she knew that he had come to bring her peace. When she broke that alabaster box, whew, To get out that expensive oil. It was also like how Jesus' body was broken for us. Jesus tells us at the last supper, this is my body which is given for you. He broke up the bread and passed it around and said, do this in remembrance of me. Because my body is broken just as this bread is being broken my body will then be broken for you the woman with the alabaster box she understood what needed to be done this is my body oh the same way that the box is broken and it's it, it's about seeing what god has given us in this man in the man of Jesus, because it was for his body that he has expiated our sin. It is not only a given body, but a surrendered body, because he surrendered, he gave up his life and his body for us. And the woman with the alabaster box, she understood that she knew that he was coming to bring the peace that she longed for, that she needed, that she wanted. Oh, the salvation that comes behind the cross that comes behind our Lord and our savior being obedient, even unto the cross of the surrendering of his body. Man, we can find contentment in that. It is possible for us to do that. He has died already for us, right? We have peace. We can take hold of it. We can find contentment in it. We can find solace in it. We can rest in it. He has come to give us rest. We just have to be at that level of competency, right? Being capable, an understanding of what it is and what it isn't. Because if we find ourselves always in a place of materiality, of chasing after materialistic things, we're always going to be in a place of seeking. We're always going to be in a place of chasing. Because material things are fickle. They come and they go. They come and they go. They come and they go. And this is why the Lord tells us to store our treasures up in heaven. And it's so interesting because right here on Mark chapter 14, verse 3, it says, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, he sat at meat. There come a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. Right? Spikenard. Spikenard. How how interesting is that? When I look up this word spikenard, it actually means trustworthy. Genuine unadulterated (laughs) unadulterated pure and genuine who is that for us? who is trustworthy? who who is faithful to us? who is genuine and pure? our Lord our Savior He is and will all ways be he is who sits at the right hand of the father and intercedes on our behalf he is the one and upon our reliance on christ is how we can find ourselves in that contented space of faith of peace of salvation It is the conviction of the truth and of the knowledge of man's reliance on God, to God, to divine things. Man, it's it's all relating back to Christ. It's all relating back to our faithfulness in the word and even where he sat to eat in Simon the Leopard House, like what, in Bethany, okay? Man, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And when we can really take this, right, and understand that it's through our reliance on the truth, It is through what Christ has done for us at the cross. It is through our competentness of being capable, of grabbing hold to the knowledge of our chief, our king, our savior. Understanding that we can run, we can run to him. And he will be there, arms open wide, right? Ready to receive us, ready to teach us, ready to impart in us the wisdom of how we can continue in the race. Ready to bless us. Ready to show us in the way that we should be going. Hallelujah. We are all called to perfection. No, we're not perfect, right? But that is not an excuse to continue to walk presumptuously. Hallelujah. And so I want to challenge you guys all today. Have you found contentment in the Lord? Is is he the one that you are grabbing hold to? Is he the chief in your life? Is he the head of your life? Is Jesus the standard? Are you finding yourself being led by the spirit of the Lord? Are you capable? Are you are you capable like really? We have to start being honest with ourselves and we have to start learning the things of the spirit and learning how we can work on our own soul salvation because it's ultimately about the soul. It is ultimately about being whole soul beings, right? Whole. Are you whole? And it's so crazy because a friend of mine had a, um, a study or room about being whole. And a lot of people in the room were basically saying that they were not whole, including myself, because I'm not. like I feel like I have so much work that the Lord needs to do in me, through me. There's so many different areas in my life where I am incomplete, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, right? That he who created a good work in me will complete it. I can find peace and I can be content even in the brokenness, even in the mess because of the God that I serve the god of peace will make me whole and i i just it's it's amazing and so in his word what he was basically um trying to get us to all understand is that we it, it starts with the small things and how redemption is time release so immediately our spirits are already saved. Our spirits are already redeemed, right? But then we still possess a soul and then we still live in a body, even though we are first spirit, right? So when we repent and we say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and savior, right? I believe in my heart, that your son has come to die on the cross for me, okay? And we believe in Christ immediately. Our spirits are saved, right? Immediately. Our spirit is redeemed, but we still have a soul. We still have a body. And because we are in this body, not in the new body that we have for us in heaven, we're still in this flesh body. And the flesh wants what it wants. We have to have the process of the body catching up to who the spirit already is in heaven. And so sometimes, yes, we're going to mess up. Sometimes, yes, we're not going to get it right. We're going to fall. We are going to stumble even. But we can still be content and find peace in it. Why? Because the God of peace will sanctify us Holy, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. He will sanctify us wholly. Whole, our whole being. And it's absolutely amazing in just the journey and the word but we have to come into that place where we're competent our mind our minds are in a place to receive what it is that God has for us to receive we have to control the mind we have to subject the mind under the consciousness mind of Christ there's literally no other way because it always starts within So then it always boils down to, what am I feeding myself? Am I in a posture of learning? Am I in a posture of humility? What is my heart posture? What is it that I'm doing that may hinder my growth, that may hinder my maturity in my walk? And we really have to understand it and be honest with ourselves. Because like Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, he learned. That means it took practice. It took time of implementing the word, of being the word, of living the word, of doing the word, of speaking the word. But if we're not being diligent in the word if we're not applying the word, hmm, then what are we really doing, right? Like, what are we really doing? If we're just saying, I trust in the Lord, but really you don't believe the words that you're saying, are are we ever gonna walk into a place of contentment? Can we even rest in the peace that that God has, right, for us. Can we rest in that? It all starts with us. Everything that we go through, it all starts with us and we have to work out our soul's salvation because the spirit is already done. It's already in heaven. It already has the new body, okay? It's waiting for, you know, the trumpets to blow and in the twinkling of an eye, everything is gonna be done okay but what does our soul look like are we working on that are we working on crucifying that flesh every day like really are we are we really doing the work that is necessary for our soul salvation let's learn how to work Um, being whole let's walk it out let's learn how to even be content and even knowing that no we're not there yet and where is there right but knowing that even though we're still walking it out we can have that peace and contentment in the lord because he who created us will complete the work that he has started in us and so with that beautiful people, I want to pray us out of here and I just pray that you guys continue to go out and be the amazing people who God have called you to be. Continue to work on that thing. Continue to be honest with God and tell him to help you in those areas that you don't really want to shine light into, to really place that light in there and uproot all of that negativity that we may have inside of us to really allow us to walk it out and no matter how hard it may seem that we can still be content and find peace because the holy spirit is gonna tailor make us okay and he he is gonna make sure it's a perfect fit okay (laughs) so let's go ahead and pray Oh, most gracious and heavenly father. I thank you, Lord God, for this day. I thank you for just a beautiful, beautiful uh, opportunity, Lord God, of being able to go through your word and really decipher what you have placed in your word for us to understand today, Lord God. I thank you for what has gone forth on this podcast today, and I thank you for every listener that is listening, Lord God, no matter where they are in this world, Father God. I ask that the word continues to go forth, Lord God. Your plan, Lord God, continues to go forth, Lord God. And I just ask, Lord God, that the word has blessed each and every last single listener, their ears, Lord God, and their lives, Father God. I ask that we as a people, Lord God, as a whole, as the body of Christ, continue to reach for you, Lord God, to continue to press toward the mark of the higher calling that is in you, Christ Jesus. I love you, Lord. We love you, Lord God. We continue to thank you and praise you and honor you just because of who you are in our lives, Father God, just because of your your plan over our lives, Lord God. And I just ask that the will of you, Lord God, be placed over your people, Lord God, to allow your will to go forth in each and every last single believer's lives that is listening to this podcast right now, Lord God. I ask, Father God, that your perfect plan, Lord God, is is coming into fruition in each and every last single person's lives, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that you understand and that you know that whatever anybody has may set before you, Lord God, that you are the one who can do all things, Lord God. And we trust in you, Lord God. We trust in who you are, Lord God. We trust in you, Father God. We continue to love you and honor you, Father God. Allow us to learn what it means to be content in your in your in you, Lord God, and in, and in who you have created us to be, Father God. Allow us to know that you are genuine And you are pure You are righteous and you are holy And all things that are of you, Lord God Are good and we love you, Lord We thank you for your goodness We thank you for your mercy We thank you for always being faithful to us, Father God Allow us to be continued to stay in a posture of faithfulness to you, Lord God A posture of humility, Lord God Allow us to walk into the ways that you have called us to walk, Father God To be able to implement your word in our lives, Lord God to be able to apply your word to every situation that we may find ourselves in Lord God and I just continue to thank you and praise you and I speak blessings over everyone's life Lord God I ask that you continue to shine your faces upon them, Lord God. Continue to show yourself mighty in their lives, Lord God. And for anybody who has not accepted you in their hearts, Lord God, and they are listening to this podcast in this day or this moment, Lord God, I ask that you continue to touch their hearts, Lord God. Continue to pull at their heartstrings, Lord God. Continue to allow them to confess their sins unto you, Lord God, and repent, Father God, and accept your son, your only begotten son, in their hearts, Lord God, because he has come so that the world may be saved Father God and so that they can be saved as well Lord God I ask that you continue to show them Lord God in your way Lord God continue to show your people Lord God the way Father God allow us to be able to endure Lord God give us a spirit of endurance Lord God so that it doesn't matter whatever in any situation or circumstance that we may find ourselves in that we can still find peace and solace in who you are because you are faithful to your people Lord God Hallelujah. You are faithful to your people, Lord God. Build up our faith, Lord God. Give us a new measure of faith, Lord God. Even if we don't understand how something is going to happen or how you're going to move in our lives, Father God, I just ask that expectations be removed. Hallelujah. That the only thing that we are expecting is that you will move on our behalf. It doesn't matter how you do it, Lord God. But the fact that you will is all that we need to know and all that we need to believe and continue to stand on the firm foundation, continue to build on that foundation, continue to work out our own soul salvation so that we may walk and live in a life that is wholly sanctified by you. I love you, Lord, and I bless you. And I speak blessings over everyone's life in Jesus name. Amen and amen.